I'm from this. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 dirt. Somebody sounds up on your phone. All right, and welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. Uh, exciting night here in studio. No Matt Staples with us tonight. He is on the sunny beaches of Florida. He is going to uh, call in here in just a little bit and give us his update from his Florida vacation. But we do have in studio with us uh, driver of the Double Zero, Jeremy Owens. And, as I put on Facebook, the man who is bringing sexy back, Mr. Blake Barber himself. So, gentlemen, thanks for being here. Before we get started, I'm going to jump on and play some of our uh, our sponsors, and we'll come right back. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call in today at 812-216-3900. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. All right, and we are back here with Jeremy Owens and Blake Barber in studio. So first of all, guys, welcome to Throttled Up. Uh, Jeremy, uh, this is what? 18th time yeah pretty much um yeah yeah so but and before i go any farther i owe you a huge thank you um because i didn't know this and i actually felt bad because we never got to do your car reveal um in a throttled up shops and then i see your picture from eldora and had no idea that the throttled up logo was on the the roof of the car so thank you um, I immediately sent it to Staples. I'm like, did you know this? And he goes, no, I didn't know it was on there either. So thank you. We really appreciate that, man. No problem. Thanks for having me so many times. <laughs> hey, anytime. It's it's always fun. So 
And then, uh, obviously, we've got Blake Barber himself. So, uh, first time, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, but, Blake, man, we appreciate you being here, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And i got to be honest, I love the T-shirt as well. Dig it? Yeah, Malt Lives Matter. I was going to wear my other one. I got another one that uh, says, uh, it's got business in the front, and it's got a big picture of uh, Billy Ray, and it says horses in the back, <laughs> if you know that song. <laughs> that's that's my favorite by far. Oh, shoot. <laughs> So first of all, let's let's talk a little bit here about, you know, the start of the 2019 race season, which we talked a little bit before we got on has been awful. Um, it has rained repeatedly every day, and it seems like even if we get a good week, it rains every weekend. Um, but Jeremy, I guess to start out with you, I mean, kind of where are you at, man? Where's, you know, I know you've, you've gotten out a few times, but not nearly as much as you want. Yeah, definitely not as much as we like to the the rain's about killed us this year it seems like <clears throat> plus with my new business trying to get it going and everything i've had very little time to work on the race car and try to get it going every weekend so we're, we're, we'll get there it's just gonna take some nice weekends so we can get to race and maybe get back on our feet here so well kind of like we talked before we got started is that's what's so tough is the fact like you never get any consistency in the car and you not even consistent you don't get a schedule going you know we've talked all about sunday's wash day and then you go through your maintenance program you kind of get in that groove and that routine nobody's in that right now you keep getting it ready just to put it back up and sit and wait for another week so that's that's the hardest part you know you you drive all week to be able to go on saturday nights and then saturday nights comes and it's to monsoon yeah you know and you you all your all your hype all week just goes right back down the hill but i mean when, sometimes you know you need a little time time off to sit back and think and but right now is not that time you know right now you need to be racing every weekend and especially you know with me and my dad you know we're trying to get that new car going but it's one of the things you know you got to take time and uh make sure you're there you know you, you got to race but but it was funny i forget i forget who i was talking to the other day and they said Oh, just wait. We'll get going, and we'll all wish we had a weekend off. And, and I said, I agree, but I'm ready to get to the point of wishing I had a weekend off because um, it, it has just been and, – and it's funny because with with my, my job, I had a lot of weekends with you know proms and, and stuff going on in the spring, and I, I almost feel like I'm the curse because I miss so much stuff. I was going to miss so many races, and I've missed like two races because of all of it. So – it's uh it's definitely not been a good spring whatsoever but so i want to before we call um matt here and kind of check in on him i want to i want to kind of get you guys opinion on something did you guys watch the indy 500 on sunday no i did not neither one of you watched it no they said it was a good one though it was a great one um i i do have to nathan bowling couldn't be here with us tonight but he texted me and said who's you know or messaged and said who's who's your winner and um I picked my dark horse as uh, Colton Herta, and he went out on lap four. So um, he was a, a big time dark horse. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I have to say the the moment and this this is the probably the most dirt track thing out of the Indy Five Hundred. If you didn't get to see it, um, Graham Rahal gets into it, and they show a, a cut of him out of his car, and he's over in the face of the other driver that got into him. And the announcer on the 500 says, oh, look, he went over to check and see if he's okay. 
Then they rewound it, and the first thing is he slaps him on the back of the helmet as hard as he can, and he's not checking. He's in his face <laughs> letting him know what he thought about it. So they had to back up a little bit there on the broadcast and say, mm, yeah, he, uh, he, he, was, he was getting after him a little bit. Not so, really checking on him at that point. No, no. And I, here's my question. I know, you know, Blake, you obviously, uh, you know, you're at a little different side. But, Jeremy, I'll ask you this. I, I think it's, it's crazy, and I don't think I could ever – put myself in an indie car which first of all by the size of me i'd have to lose a lot of weight me too um but to do 220 you know seven miles an hour four miles an hour whatever you want to say down to turn one at indy and turn that thing left and and believe it's going to go left could you do it i mean that's that'd be hard i mean you gotta think you gotta have a lot of trust in that race car that's i mean We'll, we'll do this. Let's go into Eldora. That's my thing. That's what I compare Wide it to. Wide open. You got to make sure your car is going to turn because if you're too tight, even a little bit, you're saying prayers at that point in time. So Too bad they don't have the Indy Mile mod race no more. We'd go up there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll see if, we'll see if he <laughs> can see do if it or can not. do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the whole thing to me when I watch those guys. I mean, and I get the engineering that's in them. And I get it's, it's a plane turned upside down, the downforce that they have, and there's no ba- – but – I just always think about down the front stretch. I'm doing 224, and I'm just I'm going to turn this thing left, and I'm going to believe it's going to stick and it's going to go. and And it was amazing. I think there was 10 or 11 cautions in the whole race. So the I mean the cars and their their control and um, you know ability is just unbelievable now. But I I don't know that I got the guts, and I love the pre race. Uh, Mario Andretti took Dale Earnhardt Jr. in one of them. And Junior even said it was the craziest feeling he had ever had. And I mean, there's a guy that drove a stock car around there at 185 miles an hour, and uh, was one of the craziest things he ever had. So I, I just don't, I don't know. I think you got to be half nuts to do it. I mean, that's like at Chris Windham, he took that roll up. There, oh my god, yep. roll up there at the Indy Mile. And I think they clocked him at like 140 whenever he started rolling. I mean, that's that's moving. And then to turn around on the next night. <laughs> or next day in the Indy Light Series and hit the wall in that. I mean, and thank God the guy's okay. I mean, right. but oh, yeah. you talk about a bad couple of days there. He jumped two race cars in two days. Yeah. There's a lot of money that went up oh, in that, yep. but thank God he's okay. But, no, I mean, that's the whole thing. It just – when they go bad, it goes bad in real hurry. bad. Yeah. It, it's never anything light or anything like that. So, so – uh so yeah, I'll 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 jump off of that. I just wanted to see if if you guys uh, had watched it, but it was a good race. I will give give it credit. It was a good race. I also one other last thing about the uh, the five hundred. I did see where some reporter out of Florida had wrote and written a column saying how the five hundred really needed to move. It needed to go to Saturday or Monday because of the Coca Cola six hundred NASCAR race, and it wasn't. It was taking up time and. I saw some guy out of the Indy Star that was on Twitter, and he commented, and he said, oh, that's a great idea. Let's also ask Christmas if it would move to July, and the 4th of July move to September when it's cooler. And I thought, yeah, this guy in Florida has no clue what he opened up. I guarantee you go ask Kyle Larson right now, he say you're crazy because he wants to do both of them. I know. That's the only thing. And that was the Florida guy's comment was if you run them the separate way, then more guys could pull the double. But – there's also something to be said that when they did the double, it was all – I mean, when when Stewart and Robbie Gordon and some of these guys did that, that's 1,100 miles in a race car, which yeah. is just 
not take the flight time out of it all the stuff to do both sitting in a car for 1100 miles is oh. yeah what are they on an iv for like six hours after that or something yeah iv drip because i mean me going to di- get in my 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 street truck and driving 1100 miles yeah, gonna wear me out so to be sitting in that car for that i i can't even imagine but but I do, I, I do wish there was more crossover. I yep. wish that more of these guys could jump in the indie cars and see what they do. And, and even though the IROC series failed, I really wish the IROC series would something like that would come back, where we could see guys from the late model world, you know, or, or what the Prelude to the Dream used to be, you know, oh, right. guys from the late model world, all these different, you know racing factions running together to see you know where that talent's at. I really enjoyed watching that Prelude to the Dream. That was, I mean, because you know them guys, there's about three or four of them that could do it, and there's about ten of them that had no chance of even making a lap. Right. Well, and that's what's so cool, because, you know, all of those guys are extremely talented in in what they do, but I think that's always the fun thing, is looking at guys and what they can, how they can vary what they drive and how they do it, because it's even what, you know, I've talked to a lot of these late model guys or sprint car guys and go back and forth when you get in something else how different it is to go from a late model to a sprint or from a sprint to a late model. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It, there are very few guys that can jump in either one of them and just go make it happen. Well, I mean, look at Marty. You know, he can wheel a late model all day long every day. But He got in that sprint car, and he was not – he couldn't even he couldn't even keep up pace. No. But they, but they say as them things turn so fast, you can't even keep up with them. Well, and that's what, you know, actually Joe Hartwell and I were talking yesterday, and – um was one thing we said he and when we talked about marty that's what he said about marty was marty said every time he stepped on he just felt like he was gonna spin out and he couldn't get it and he said it it would be crazy to really get a, a sprint car driver that would jump in a late model and just go hammer down and see what they could do because i'd be shocked if they didn't go over the berm the first time because right. they're gonna think they're gonna they're gonna stand on it and, and that, that back turn, that back tire not. is gonna turn and it, it's a whole different beast to get those those late models to they, come around. They don't have a billboard hanging off the right side like they did in the sprint cars. <laughs> right, right. Them right rear tires are monster. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that's what they say. They don't use no brake. They get it sideways, and they just use that right rear mm-hmm. as a brake because they're so big. Absolutely. So it's just and, – and it's, you know, I think for me, I think that's what I wish we could see more of, you know, and some of that is seeing guys get in those other cars and things. So – um, let's see here. What time is it? Let's give let's give Matt a call here real quick and see if I can get a hold of him. And <laughs> let's see, let's see what he's up to. He was at Daytona all day today, so hey, Matt, how are you, man? Yeah, can you hear us? I can hear you, man. All right. Well, <laughs> that's exactly right, man. And and I'll be honest, it's a it's a good thing you're not live in studio, man, because it's it's hard to it's hard to keep the uh, the egos down in here with with Blake Barber and that hair that he's he's waving around. I think maybe you ought to go down to the local uh, salon and get some uh, hair extensions and bolt them in on down there and go on the beach. I think I need to, man. I'll be honest. When you posted what you were going to wear to Universal Studios the other day, that's really what it was missing, was a, was a little party in the back. 80s. I know, I know, hey, you know, I want to go down there and get my hair done, but I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to have to 
Well, I'm bringing, I'm bringing it back, though. I'm bringing it back, though. It's time to jump back on the train again. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the – and, you know, that's the – I know you and I have had the conversation as well – and those guys trying to cross over, and we've even had the conversation about how how weird it is that you don't always see these late model guys jumping to those bigger series. They don't they don't make the IRL jump. They don't make the NASCAR jump very often. And but these sprint car guys, it seems like they're constantly jumping up to that next level. And and I and I really don't know why that is because. Oh yeah, definitely in the state of Indiana, and I yeah. and I agree with that wholeheartedly. the The thing is, I I've never understood how the sprint car guys do so well in IRL in the sense that the sprints I see them in NASCAR racing a loose car. I mean, Larson's a blast to watch oh. when he's when he's hanging it out there. But it it amazes me some of these sprint guys that get into IRL and do so well because of the you know the downforce, the control of the car. I mean, they're they're spot on. So. So, Matt, you were at Daytona today, so fill us in on how the vacation's going, man. Uh, we showed up down here, went to Universal. Um, it was fun, but I have no intention ever going again. <laughs> Way too many people. Way too many people. Way too many people not having that great of a time. You here? Oh, we lost him. Uh oh. Must have fallen down on the beach. <laughs> Let's see. Probably just walked into the salon. <laughs> he's, he's ready to get those extensions. He's got you pulled up on Facebook Live, said I wanna look like this guy. Right. As soon as you Help can. Help me out. <laughs> Help me out. Alright, we'll see if he comes back to us or not. But permanent. So let's talk a little bit. You were over at the Big E the other day. Um, what was that? A week ago or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago now. I think. Two weeks ago. It's hard for me again yeah. to even keep Tell track of when we're when we're running. But right. Um, and obviously you've you've been to Eldora before. Do you ever start to feel like that you're really comfortable at that place? Not really, because I wasn't comfortable over there Saturday. Is the thing you know? It's I don't think you get comfortable after a while, and I think that's why you got to switch it up to get better as a driver. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't even comfortable over there Saturday for sure. So why not? I don't know because I guess I haven't had enough laps around that racetrack to even feel halfway comfortable, let alone halfway confident when I go over there. I mean, it just made some bad adjustments, so that made it worse. <laughs> so. And that—that's the whole thing when you talk about how big that place is. And I know we were talking a little bit before about Bloomquist and the and everything, and but. As big as that place is, there's so many lines to run at that place that the setups can be so different from whatever line you run. I mean, and and a lot of guys can be good in a lot of different spots there, and, and the track can change so much in a given day as well. Oh, yep. yeah, that's that's like, you know, when Bloomer goes up there, he's he sets that car up for the middle, black slick. Maybe he might run around that bottom a little bit, but he normally just coasts right in that middle, and he flat waxes them. Every time he goes up there. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's another, um, 
it's just amazing when guys find a track like that. And like I said, we were talking about Bloomer before, but when guys are that good at one track, and not that Bloomer's not good everywhere, but we said you, if he's there, you got your handful to beat oh, him. Yeah. Yep, for sure. He's either going to be good or he's going to be in the back. Yeah, yeah. one of the two is going to happen. But I can guarantee you, when Saturday night comes for one hundred twenty-five thousand, yep. he's going to be in the front. He's going to be in the front, <laughs> and he's going to be lapping people. Good yep. cars. Oh, there's no doubt. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's the thing when you and, and that's what's amazing about his dominance there is everybody that makes that show has got a ton of money wrapped up is good in the seat there's nobody that by happenstance walks into the the dream i mean everybody there's got money behind them they've got the talent they've been there but he makes it look like he rolled into you know some podunk raceway and wherever and just whacks the field of nobodies yep and that's you know again it's it's just unbelievable so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because we talked about it a little bit beforehand. Um, do you think he's you think he's hurt? You think not? And I'm not going to get into what we really talked about, but do you, everybody's talked about this video of him coming out with the shock and working in the simulator and how much it looked like he was struggling. You think it's all show? Man, I don't know. You know that that guy is so he's the smartest guy in dirt late mall history ever, ever and. I don't. I think he's hurt. I really do because, man, that guy can go win ten, twenty thousand dollar races all day long, every day, wherever he rolls in. He can go win. Now, I don't think that he would just sit out for you know three months or four months or whatever he's going to do, and just sit at home and not do anything. You know, I think that. I think if he was healthy, he'd be out there, win ten, twenty. He might be leading the points right now. You never know. But I think he. I think there's something wrong. But do I do think? He's testing. Oh, he's testing. You know, he's testing two or three nights a week right now, and he's going to show up at the Dream, and he might he might show up in a wheelchair and throw a big scene and have his little old man cane walker and all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> but he's going to get in that car and he's gonna he's gonna wax him. You know, I really I truly think that he's going to go up there and he's going to put a show on. And you know, that's the whole thing too. You know, and that's what I even though I'm not a, a Bloomer fan, what I love about the pageantry that comes around him. He probably is testing somewhere, and he's probably pulled his panels off of the car and put some junk yep. panels on it, and no one knows it's Bloomer down there testing. They're probably thinking, who's the Tennessee boy that's you know, down here that's been practicing three nights a week? And it, But when he shows up, he'll be spot on. Yeah, he went and got a hay wagon, loaded his car on there, <laughs> yeah. drove it down somewhere, and unloaded it. It's probably sitting out in the pits at a track with yeah. a tarp over it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Thinking some guy just left his car here for the week, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that. So okay, let's say this uh, to talk about the dream a little bit. If not Bloomer, then who? Because I think we're all in agreement. If you if I had to put money on it, I'm taking Bloomer, even without knowing, even with Shannon Babb running the car this weekend, I would pay take Bloomer right now against the field. It's going to be hard not to take Bloomer, but. I'm going to say this year we're going to see somebody that's won it that hasn't before because you got a lot of good cars that's going to be there. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough one, I think, this year because you got a lot of people that's really good right now. So I, re- I really think that Ricky Weiss can win it. 
I think Ricky Weiss can do it, you know. And I'm not saying that because he's a Bloomquist guy, and I'm not saying that at all, but he's good. He's young. He's won big races before. He's won a North-South. So, I mean, I know he can make 100 laps, and he's got one of the best guys in his corner. You know, Bloomer, he's one of the best guys around Eldora. But if I had to go out really on a limb, man, I'd love to pick that blue number one car, Shepard. But, man, you know, Richards, he was never very good around Eldora. He he just really ain't never done nothing up there. I ain't Del McDowell. If there's a guy out there, I think Del McDowell. And that's bad to say that that's three Bloomquist cars, but I think Del McDowell can do it. <laughs> I think I, I think if I was if I had to pick my dark horse and I, and I, this is sad I, I, he's not really a dark horse um, I think I would say Huddy and and the reason why and it's not me being a fanboy or you know because he's a local guy but I think last year number one I think he's hungry which is the only thing that worries me after the shoulder injury that he'll overdrive it but I think last year he finally started figuring out how to run longer races mm-hmm. how to save his stuff how to stay stay out of trouble. How to not, you know, put himself in positions where uh, he used up stuff. And I, I think that it might be the opportunity where he kind of has his, not that he hasn't had his coming out party of what he what he can do, but I think he could win a big time race and, and pick up the dream. Oh, for sure. You know, he's coming. It's, it's just a matter of time. But, I mean, that Magnolia race that he won down there, it was 100 laps, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was 100 laps, and he stayed in the seat all 100 laps. He's figured out a hell, a hell of a lot faster than what his dad did because his dad couldn't stay in 100 laps till he's about 40. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, he's he, – I don't, I don't know if he can hang in there. I mean, I hope he does. I really do. You know, I want to see a young kid like that win that. So let, let's go uh, – I, I obviously talked to Jeremy, but, Blake, let's move over to you. And, obviously, I know you helped Jeremy and also – obviously help your dad um which i would love to get your dad on here at some point i told him tonight he ought to come um if i if i ever can i, w- I want to get him on here um but obviously you guys are starting with a new car and and just from a side of you know you you being part of the crew how difficult is it when you've got a brand new car coming into the season man you know last year we, we kind of sh- we was good last year i mean we wanted points yeah but we kind of struggled just all year you know didn't we won a couple races, but never was really as good as what we thought we needed to be. So we got got some good sponsors to come out and uh, jump on board, and you know got it got a new car and just hasn't really hasn't really clicked on all cylinders yet. I mean, we, we ran second the second night, but we've been good, we've been competitive, but we just hasn't haven't made it to that next level yet. But uh, you know, my dad's been doing it for a lot of years. He'll figure it out. It's just a matter of time. And do you think, and I mean, this would be more of a question for your dad. Do you think for your dad, it's more difficult to jump in new equipment with the years of experience he's had, or do you think it doesn't bother him to jump in new stuff? Oh, for sure. I think it bothers him, you know, because like Jeremy can vouch, you know, you race one car all year and you're like, man, I'm, I go in the corner, man, this thing will turn left. You get in the next car, it might not turn left. You know, you can put the same setup on another car, and just because it's a master bill, it doesn't mean it's going to turn left. So, you know, you got to build that confidence back up again. You know, a confidence don't build in one race or two races. It might take four or five races to build that confidence, and that's what he's doing now, you know. And, you know, I'm hard on him. I really am, you know. it's, But, you know, Jeremy can vouch, you know. <laughs> I, But he's 
He's been doing it for a lot of years. He knows what he's doing. It's just a matter of time. We'll get it figured out, and we'll be in Victor Lane. And it's got to be tough, too, the idea of, you know, you've got this huge notebook of what you did last year, and even the fact of trying to figure out, like you just said, does this notebook work on this car, or how do we have to change our notes to to be successful going forward? Yeah, I mean, every car's a little bit different. And I, you know, everybody can say, you know, like Jeremy, you know, when he went from that Coyote to that WGP, you know, that was a big swing. And, you know, he come out he come out strong in that WGP and was very, really good. But uh, you never know. You know, you got to put all your notebooks together and make it into one great big one and see what happens. You know, we've... We started off the same footpath as we did last year, and just it ain't it, it ain't with that car yet. So I mean, but we got good people behind us. You know, we got Tater and John Schulte and Cody Mahoney down there, and Brad Irwin. You know what what he does for my family is just it's crazy. You know, and what he does for Jeremy's crazy. We got a bunch of people in our corner that can make us very good. So you know, you put all your put all them notebooks together, and we're gonna we're gonna be there. It's just a matter of time. So let me ask you this: uh, Have you ever had the itch to get in? Man, you know, uh, I raced. I haven't raced. I, I've drove it a couple times. The old, the old red car we had before. I drove it at Brownstown. I'll never get. You know, Dad said, "You want to drive?" I said, "Yeah, I'll drive." Heck, I work on it all week. Might as well get something out of it. <laughs> yeah, you might, might as well see what like. so, so, see uh, what you're griping about every time you say it's not right. Yeah, and that's that's when Keithley had it. So. Uh, Dad, you know, rode his four out to the infield, and I got out there, and I, I made probably five or six laps, and uh, about the time I was feeling comfortable, and I was about ready to, you know, turn up the wick a little bit, Dad, you know, <laughs> was waving his hands, get on in here, you know, you're done. Well, but, uh, you know, my, my dad's still winning races. I don't want to cut him off. You know, he, he let me do my motocross deal when I was four or five years old. You know, that's what I grew up doing, and uh, I'll let him go till he don't go no more. That's for sure, you know. I'll, I'll never kick him out. I mean, we got, we've got another one sitting there, not put together, nothing like that. But uh, I think, you know, in a couple of years I might get it out, you know. But we'll have to find some more help because I can't work on two of them by myself. <laughs> That's for sure. I'll have to get mom, sis, and everybody else out there. They're going to have to learn how to tighten wrenches up and everything like that. <laughs> so, so the itch is there, but. Oh, but. for sure. You know, you don't. I grew up in a racing family, you know, my. Dad's raced for, uh, I think he's right around 33, 34 years. My uh, Uncle Jerry, he races motorcycles. He's 50, he's 60, I think, somewhere around in there. My Uncle Denny, my dad's other brother, he races mountain bikes, racing for years. And, you know, you know, my, I was pretty fortunate. My mom and dad, they went and got me a PW50 when I turned four, I think. And I rode it around the yard, and finally they let me start racing and uh, was very successful. I did very good. And uh, got off that, went to a 65, won some more races. Got off that, went to an 85, and, you know, broke collarbone a couple times, and that's just part of it. But it got so hard of uh, racing, you know, with Dad on Saturday nights, getting home at 1 or 2 in the morning, and then getting back up Sunday morning at 7 o'clock and, you know, load, loading everything back up and going to the motorcycle track. But, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have any racing in me if my mom and my dad and everyone like that wouldn't let me do something like that. So, uh you know, it goes out to them, but they'll be one day. I'll race. And I think, you know, it, it, probably, because I, obviously I didn't grow up in a racing family, I always grew up a race fan, but I think 
the one thing that I've noticed so much, and my son's got the itch right now to have an outlaw cart like it's going out of style. So really what I'm waiting on right now is the person that bought in really hard and their kid hates it. So if you've got one about mid-July, you're looking to unload (laughs) for a good price, call me. Um, But uh, he's ate up with it right now. But the cool thing, what I see and, and probably didn't see when I was just a fan as a kid, you know where your family is every weekend and that's what that's what excites me is the idea of you know instead of him being out doing something he shouldn't be he's gonna be at the racetrack and and watching that and that's you know i can't think of a better hobby for him to get into whether he's good at it whether he's not whether it you know he runs an outlaw car for a few years and it's done it's something that i think you know i want i want to be able to you know help him support him in that you know my dad always jeremy can vouch you know my dad always says if it's got the word race in it run he said, you don't want a part of it. He said, it's a money pit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we grew up doing. That's what we're going to do. You know, and, I, and I, I agree with that. Don't get me wrong. But I also look, and I'm not picking on anybody that goes this direction. Travel baseball is a money oh. pit. AAU basketball is a money pit. And, you know, and I, I come from a coaching background, and, and I support all that, whatever your kid wants to do. But you can wrap just as much money up in that as what you can you know in a, in a race car and you know again for me the whole difference is and people that aren't involved in it don't see it the community that you get involved in in the racing community the friendships the family oh, yeah. it there's there's nothing else like it in anything you do exactly so so we need to look out so the uh i think you you almost need though you know, at least for when you come out in hot laps, when we get this car out, we need some like hair that trails off the back. I'll put mullet power on the back. Oh of this yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. Pa- powered by mullet. Powered by mullet. <laughs> so, but uh, and by the way, your sister did said sign her up. She'll learn. Yeah, yeah. We uh, went through that one time. She'll vouch for this. Dad was needing something under the race car one time, and I I must have not been around. But he said, hey. Ashley, will you go get the jack for me? Yeah, I'll go get it. She brought a jack stand back. <laughs> hey, she got the first world. She got the first world. First right. word was right. <laughs> Second but, uh, word, not so much. But you know, I mean, it's a family thing. You know, she she works hard at it. And my mom, you know, she I do all the work through the week. Dad don't touch it. I don't let him do anything. I wash it on Sunday. Dad don't. I, Dad's there to drive, and that's it. That I mean, that's all he's there to do. And uh, Saturday mornings, I get off work, come home, and uh, get it loaded up. Ashley wipes it down or whatever she does, and uh, mom cooks hamburgers. <laughs> mom cooks hamburgers mom or you know something cooking. every Saturday, and that's what we that's what we eat before we go to racetrack. So let me ask you this: because with your dad not working on it, and with all of your dad's experience, how often is there this battle between what you think setup should be, what you think the car should do, and what he thinks? You know, we get into it a lot, you know, but that's just part of racing, you know. I'm sure, you know jeremy and brad they got their little differences and i'm sure jeremy and bill they got their differences and that's just part of it i mean that's part of being competitive that's what it is so uh yeah you can't i really ain't got a even a stick in the fire whenever well i've I've raced for 33 years well i yeah i guess you do but uh we put our heads together and we make one good decision and hope it's right you know you can't make 30 decisions go out on the racetrack and which one made you better and which one made you worse I think that is, and I, I've said this on the show before, but I think that's one of the most valid points that young guys that get in cars that don't have someone experienced helping them make the mistake of. Yeah. They throw the kitchen sink at things, and they change 15 things, and they're either worse, and they don't know what made them worse, or they get better, and they don't know 
what made them better what made them better or could they be even even better than that and you know and i understand there are times you got to make big swings Mm -hmm. but until you've got the experience to really know what those swings are going to do you're better off to inch it along exactly you know but uh you know daddy he his head's moving all the time he calls me all the time what do you if we did this what do you think it'd do well i don't know let me think about it well what if we did this a head moving all the time and you know jeremy can vouch you know he calls jeremy all the time and talks about setup and this and that and they put their minds together and stuff like that you know i me being 23 you know i don't know as much as you know like jeremy or somebody like that you know i've been around it a long time yes but me until my dad went out on the own i never really got into it you know we always you know if we race for bill davis up at edinburgh or race for jeff mounts or larry you know all them guys kind of did that i just i was there to scrape mud and change tires <laughs> you know now it's kind of it's kind of got more on my shoulders whenever uh dad says well i think we need to do this well then yeah i gotta do it but uh you know it's part of racing everything's part of racing and i think the cool thing is is even talking to guys that that crew for guys the investment that you feel even though you're not sitting in the seat and i think a lot of fans don't realize that is the investment you feel that the work you've done the help the setup the guys that are around the driver in victory lane are just as happy and as excited as what the driver is and i think a lot of just casual fans miss that and it's funny because I told Staples at one point last year when we had started this show, I said, it's amazing to me how much more excited I get now because of guys that were on the show. And I pull for the guys that are on the show. And not that I don't like other drivers, but it's immediately like, oh, man, Jeremy was just on last week. I want to see him win. And, you know, you not that, not that being on the show did anything to make your car faster. It won't. It usually will take away a night of maintenance. It was, it was that sticker you put <laughs> um, on the sticker, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that aerodynamics. Twenty five horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> aerodynamics it up. Um, but uh, but it, it is that same kind of thing. You know, you you make connections with people and you end up pulling for them. And and I think it's really cool that obviously you and your dad have been able to do that as long as you have. Yeah, it's a long time coming, but you know, it's he's raced a lot of pra- a lot of places. You know, he's got stories beyond stories beyond stories. I mean, half half time we go out to the garage like, yeah, we're gonna get some stuff done. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing gets done. He sits on a mule, I sit on a lawnmower, and we just sit there and he talks about back in 1990 he did this, and 2001 yep. he did this. And Jeremy can vouch, you know, he comes over sometimes. I'll stop by and We're sitting in the same time. spot. <laughs> you know, we got stories. You know, Dad, uh, Jeremy's dad, Scotty, one of the best guys you ever meet. But uh, he, was, he was my dad's best friend by far. And uh, they talk, Dad always tells me the same story all the time about Scotty. They whenever they was racing brass out in old Monte Carlos. Dad took, you know, Comiskey Pike over and Dad said there's an old Camaro sit back here in the weeds. He said it's pretty nice, Blake. He said it was a nice car. He said we stopped. Guy wouldn't sell it for his grandkid. Two weeks later we stopped. Wouldn't sell it for a grandkid. Dad said, Well, I don't know what we're gonna do now. So finally that that guy called Dad and said, Hey, if you want that Monte Carlo, my grandson he don't want no more. Dad said, Okay, I'll be able to pick it up tonight. And that was a Thursday night. Dad went over and picked it up. They brought it home, started gutting it. Friday, they raced at Bloomington. Come home come home Friday night, stayed up all night, gutting it, got it all done. Went and raced it Saturday and won Saturday night. And 100 lap and Durrell. 100 lap and Durrell won. Monday morning, that guy called him. Said, hey, man, can I get that Enduro back? Can I get that Monte Carlo back? 
Dad said, well, you know, I kind of got spray-painted double zeros, and it's <laughs> it's beat all the heck. And the windows are knocked out up, and, but it's still got a seat in it. <laughs> that guy said, do what? He had no clue what your yeah. dad was going to do with Dad it. Said, no well, idea. Dad said, you know, I made it into a, a Duro car, race car. I ain't talked to him since. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's that back in the day what they did back in the day oh my gosh will just flat out amaze you and you know and that's the whole thing and don't get me wrong the the technology and the racing and what cars are able to do now are unbelievable but you know it's like when we had you know mike fields on here and mike fields is talking about they pulled a car out behind you know the car lot in brownstown that was a piece of junk and wrenched it and worked it and boom got it to the track same kind of thing oh yeah and was competitive in it. And that's the yep. whole thing that I think we are missing some in racing today. I know we talked a little bit before. The money that's getting pumped into it, it's getting so hard to stay up with what everybody else is, is getting. And um, and that is those are the greatest stories. Is, you know, I found this out in the field. I oh, pulled yeah. it. Yep. We gutted it. We took it and ran, and we were good. Man, Dad and Scotty, they got a bunch of them, don't they, Jeremy? I'd say if you brought those Enduro oh. cars back like they had before where you just seriously knock the windows out and go run it, you'd probably have 50 to 100 cars every every time you ran those things just because the older people that maybe were out of racing because they couldn't afford it now that did that back in the day, they'd bring one out just because it, it was fun to them. Yes. And it's not costly. No. Well, and he's good, not costly. That's the whole thing. I've joked, you know, it, like when everybody, when the Powerball gets to, you know, a yep. billion dollars, because I won't, I won't win it for twenty million. I'm not going to waste my win on twenty million. Uh, Principal money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I always joke, you know, if if I won that, I would put in, you know, a small dirt track, not to have, even though I had the money, I wouldn't have late models or anything. I'd have a bunch of like old enduro cars. So your buddies could come over on yeah. you know Sunday afternoon, and it would just be a you'd free have, for all. You'd have more fun on Sunday afternoon than you would Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely, I guarantee it. I'd have I'd have fifteen or twenty. We just throw features out all yeah. night long and yep. get out there and That's beat and bang. Dad always said, you know, here whenever Hornets started coming around, Dad always said, Blake, he said, if I could have a track, he said I'd make a killing. I said, well, how are you going to do that? He said, I'd have Hunter Lapendurl every Saturday night. Grandma, Grandpa, all the kids, you buy two passes. The rest of them get in free. You buy four hot dogs, get four fries free. He said, and that's how you're going to make your money. And, I, and you know, he's been around a long time, so I really do think that's how it is. Because if you go down to Scottsburg, and I know Scottsburg stands aren't very big, but if you go down to Scottsburg and it's $8 to get in, you can't find another seat in that place. That place is flat packed. And I tell you what, Eldora's crowd on Saturday night was probably as big as a Thursday night crowd at the Dream or the World. That's how many people they had for $8 fireworks night. Oh, yeah. And you know, it was amazing at how many people. I looked around. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of parents in the stands over here. People just can't afford it I mean, it it's anymore. crazy. And, and that's the one thing I will say about Eldora. And I, and, it's, it, and I know, and the thing that a lot of guys have reminded me is you talk a lot about promoters and you don't see their bottom line in their pocketbooks. And there's 100% truth to that. So this right. is all me on opinion. But... The thing about Eldora is even, you know, $8 to get in, but even the big shows, I can go to the concession stand and 20 bucks will pig me out in a way that is stupid. You know, pizza burgers. Oh my gosh. Pizza burgers <laughs> and cheese balls all night long. Yes. And I don't, I feel like I'm getting something for the money. And that's right. the whole thing. At some of these other tracks where you show up 
and you get a you know a cheeseburger and a bag of chips or fries and a drink and you go up there and it's nine dollars and you're like oh my gosh like it, yeah. you're killing me but and i think that there is something that's missed with that i've said forever you know do as many package deals i've said if i was a local promoter i'd do a season ticket a season yeah. pass because you already got the money up front. Which, I mean, that's yep. like at the high school basketball games and stuff like that. You get that season packet, and you know you don't save a bunch of money, but you save enough where you're going to buy it. Right, and that's the whole thing. And and, and I know people say, well, what are you going to do with rainouts? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? I mean, that's all up front, but cut them a deal. Yep. You know you've got that money up front, and people will buy it and maybe not show up the whole race season. Oh, that's right. But right. at least you got that money because the other way, they're just not showing up all race season. Right. And, and you know, I think we have to do something to get more people in the stands, to get more people interested. Um, and I agree. I mean, there it, it cracks me up. You say fireworks and cheap, uh, yeah. they come out of the woodwork, man. Well, that's yeah. like down there at Florence. And, you know, Florence, are, that's a great facility down there and everything. But when Florence does that, what is that, free get night. in free night? That place is so packed. But, you know, in all reality, yeah, getting in free, you know, it's probably going to lose a bit, little bit of money. But if they got in free this week and are like, man, I had a blast, we're going to go back. Yep. If you gain one person every time you do it, you're going to come out ahead in the long run. And here's the whole thing, too. A lot of those people that walk in and get in free, they have a budget. Yes. So they've got, you know, whatever, 20 30 bucks. So if they, they pay to get in, they've spent their money. So they're they're probably packing a bologna sandwich. They're not going to the, right. the concession stand. They're staying away from it. You let them in free – I guarantee you the majority of them still spend that 30 bucks. Yep. They just now buy it at the, the trailer for a t-shirt. They support your driver and buy a t-shirt. They're at the concession stand, you know, and that's, that's where I think we miss the boat sometimes is you still end up with that money. I, I have never went to a racetrack with cash in my pocket and that's left it. with cash in my pocket. I mean, every time you go to Eldora by the end of the weekend, you're looking at your pocket and you're like, okay, I got another 20. I'm going to hit the trailer again, the, yeah. the t-shirt trailers. I'm going to come for home sure. with something else. And that's, you know, I, I think we miss that a lot on even our local tracks of how to promote them. All right. Uh, Matt asked me to try and give him a call back. Let's see if we can, let's see if he can hear us now. See if he got them extensions in. <laughs> see if he's done with his, uh, his, uh, hair appointment. That'd be funny if he got on here with them things. That would be pretty cool. Now he's going to stand us up and not answer. I was getting ready to say. He's mad at me. Oh. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to leave him a voicemail live on the air. This is great podcasting right here hey matt this is thralled up the podcast uh i'm here with jeremy and blake and we were trying to to call you and talk to you here live on the air but instead we left you a voicemail so uh let me know so uh let okay let's talk about this a little bit we talked about the modified class and where the modified class was going when we talk about classes where do we see the future of dirt track racing on the local level Obviously, the National Series, the Touring Series are always going to be there. 
because that's another thing is, you know, I know that people gripe all the time about, you know, car counts are down, car counts are down, car counts are down, but there aren't that many cars in the community anymore. That's a thing. I mean, the cars are still coming to the track. They're in, they're in a bunch of them hidden garages that aren't coming out. Right. So what do you guys have an opinion on what class you think is going to kind of lead that, that charge? I mean, I don't, I don't know that every class is so competitive. Every class, I mean, all the way down to the Hornets. The Hornets put on a great show every week, wherever you want to go. So, I mean, every, any class, you know, that's really going to take it out, you know, you don't know because the crate cars, you know, they're, they're really competitive. I mean, everyone's got the same motor, so, yeah, they're going to be competitive. The mod, I mean, that, that was one good race over there Saturday night with David Streaming at Will Krep. That was an awesome race. Now, the pure stocks eh, might be something different, but because Rick's going to win. But uh, anyways, you know, I don't I don't see any clashes jumping up to the top and, you know, really really taking off. I think they're all going to stay about equal, you know, but I hope there's some way that local racing comes back, you know, because right now, you know, you, you go over on a Saturday night and there ain't 50 people in the stands. And I don't know when people's going to realize, you know, if you got to feed the mouth that feeds you. And the mouth that feeds you is sitting over in them stands, you know. But uh, and you know, I think that's a that's a great point. I've made it about Bloomington Speedway a lot, and I grew up going to Bloomington Speedway, and it's it's why I love you know sprint cars and what I grew up watching there. But I think sometimes people they all think that well, my track is legendary; it'll never happen to my track, you know. And and for guys that like me that grew up around Bloomington Speedway watching you know the sprint cars there and the races that happened there and the you know the series that came in there i think we thought the same thing and then last year it's up in the air whether i use buying it and turn it into a you know a a amphitheater or if it's going to be a housing development and and to me that was probably the first time that really kicked me in the gut and it was like a bloomington speedway is not going to be there forever unless somebody steps up and does something and and not picking on Brownstown Speedway or fans, but I think they have a little bit of that air that it's Brownstown Speedway. It's legendary. Right. It's never going anywhere. But I don't ever want to see Brownstown become, and, and I, this isn't a knock on Bloomington. I think what USAC is trying to do with Bloomington right now is great in upgrading it and getting it back to a full schedule. I would hate to see Brownstown become, it runs five, six, seven races a year. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's the big races, and there's not that weekly competition of the local guy. And... And I know people probably say you're you're a fool. That'll never happen. But there are a lot of tracks with tall grass and nobody, no stands. That people said the same thing. It mm-hmm. would never happen. Exactly right. And and I and honestly, you know, it's something we've talked about here on a lot. I don't know. I, I I don't know how you how you get more into it. I don't have the perfect plan, but I think if I was a promoter, my first thing would be taking care of my drivers and taking care of of the fans. Because that's you can't promote something when there's nobody there to race and there's nobody there to watch, and yeah. that's the ultimate goal. So, what's the plan coming up, Jeremy? Well, as long as everything goes good, the rest of this week we'll be at Brownstown this weekend. So hopefully, hopefully this week goes as planned. And the, for the paddle boat races, yeah, yeah, might have to put a trolling motor on the back of it <laughs> or something. But <laughs> you're going to need a Johnson. Well. <laughs> We'll with the way, small with the way the weather looks yeah, yeah. so 
this depends on how the weather goes. We'll be at Brownstown this weekend, then be at Eldor next weekend again. So, just weather depending right now. The weather's kind of, I don't know, bipolar. I guess oh my this gosh. year. So, it's crazy. It, and I I know that for any farmer who may be listening, yeah. they're they're sitting at home going, "Cry me a river, man." Yeah. You're you're worried yeah. about going to the racetrack on I'm Saturday about night, getting a living in here, <laughs> and so. so they're going to be picking corn and when it's six foot of snow. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's they, this is the craziest thing. We were down at um, Gibson County yesterday for the softball regional, and it was amazing because they do have some corn out that's standing and was spraying, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like they actually have fields with standing corn up in them, you know, that's that's starting to come up about six or eight inches, and there isn't anywhere around here that's got anything in the ground. So yeah. they got some in the ground over where we're at, but it's not. I mean, very it, limited. It might be two or three inches up, and that's it. Yeah. So I also want to give you a chance here, um, as I've been sharing your stuff before we take off, to talk about the new business you've got um, on here. So I'm going to give you your first like sponsorship plug right here because I, I I I throw you some credit. I think you do some some good work, and like I said, I want to give you a chance to to shout it out. I appreciate that. Yeah, so started a new business at the beginning of this year. Um, for people that are listening that don't know, OCC, Seamless Guttering. Um, trying to get into some gutter work here. So done a couple jobs this week and last week. Just trying to get my name out there. So if you know anybody that needs some gutter work done, whether it's new gutters, gutter guards, want to take care of their old gutters, just give me a call. Uh, I'd be happy to give them a quote and match anybody's prices out there. So. So right there, give OCC uh, Seamless Gutters a call. And, uh, you know, like I said, Jeremy's been a, a, a friend of the podcast for a long time. So uh, from the from the get-go with this. So we appreciate him. And uh, so please give him, a, give him a call and hook him up if you can. So, gentlemen, I appreciate both of you. I truly, truly do. And, uh, uh, Blake, I wish you and Dad the best of luck. Yeah. Please convince Dad to come on with us I sometime. Will. We'll uh, all three come on again. It'd yeah. be fun. I'm we, in for that one. Hey, we we might have to make that a Friday night ordeal. We can do that because we, we will be here till three o'clock with all those stories. <laughs> we we can do that, and you know the funny Especially thing, especially since you got this back here. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've talked about, and we're going to do it at some point. I don't know when we're going to do it. We have we've talked about adding a there's a, there's something called a Patreon account, and you can it's basically like premium content from podcasts. And we've talked about starting one. It, it's not going to be much at all, like a dollar a month or right. something. But doing like the after show because the best conversations that happen in here, and it's and I know listeners don't want to hear this. The thirty minutes we did prior to coming on the mic, right? And other shows, the hour that we sit here after the mics are yep. off, are the best. Some of the best content that never gets recorded, and obviously some of that would have to be edited with you know some of the honesty. There's <laughs> right. there's a lot of honesty when the mics are off, but right. that's something we're going to look at for the future. So there may be a, by about midnight we may go uh, the after hour show and it's, yeah, and it, get some good late. stories. I'm telling you, he, he's a talker. Which you know, I guess I get it honest. Yeah. Well, and in the podcasting game, talkers are the best yeah. thing you can have. <laughs> we can just sit back. Me, but, me well. and Jeremy wouldn't get a chance to talk, though. Nope, nope. That's okay. That's we'll fine. I listen to the stories yeah. all night long. That's He's fine with me. He's got stories. I've never heard the same one twice. Yep. I can tell you that. Really? I've never heard the same one twice. Yeah, I, I almost asked you that I'm earlier because, you know, the, the funny thing is my dad's a storyteller, too. But he repeats a lot of them. But he always starts with, I've probably never told you this before. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, you've never mentioned that other than 20,000 other times. I think so. I've heard about 30,000 different West Plain, Missouri <laughs> stories. Yeah, I, How many have you heard, Jeremy? A lot. A lot. 
I don't, I don't know lot. what it is about that place, but he talks about it, was it all a good, time. He said it was a good racetrack back yeah. in the day. So back in the day, it was good. Well, that's what we need to get. We need to get set up and get yep. get Mark over here to have some fun. So, Jeremy, best of luck going Thank forward. Um, we'll be pulling for you wherever you're at. Hopefully, we're all at Brown. Well, we're at Brownstown this weekend, and uh, you know, Blake, to you guys at Twin Cities, we wish you guys all the best of luck. And uh, um, last thing, I'll leave you guys with uh, before we take off. I just want to remind you. Um, you know the new uh media.tv go out get a subscription i got all mine set up earlier this week um it's pretty awesome and again 13.99 a month you get everything from twin cities thunder valley and brownstown speedway and you you can't beat it or choose one track for 9.99 a month but i don't know why you wouldn't yeah. just bump up yeah. for the extra four all. bucks and get them all so all right, well, before we take off, I am going to flip over here and play out the rest of our sponsors, and then we will be off the air. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Potty break. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc., They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore n underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place, p3racingshirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. Call it what you call it Saturday night I am so